there you go. Uh, if you know the answer, you know the number to call. And if you'd like to have your say, then you know where to send your text message That's through right. to. That's right. All right. So I'm going to uh, jump into text messages now. Uh-huh. Hey, and I'm going to point it. As I jump into text messages, I'm going to point something out. Yeah, go ahead. You were going to say something? I was just going to say, I hope none of them make fun of me. So I've really... Fragile. Okay, can somebody please no. me? Can somebody please send me a text message? Please, please send me a text message that makes fun of Lawson. I'm just joking. I'm just joking, but don't. No. Nah, All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna point this out before I get started. Mm-hmm. In my rant, mm-hmm. I did not mention vaccinations. That's right. I mentioned lockdowns, mm-hmm. and I mentioned masks. Uh huh. I did not mention vaccinations. Mm-hmm. All right. I hope that's clear. Okay. Now, do you want to know why I did not mention vaccinations? The answer is very simple. Vaccinations are not being enforced. That's right. Lockdowns and masks are. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we're going to have a discussion about vaccinations, then let's – about the enforcement of vaccinations, let's have that discussion once they are enforced. Mm-hmm. But this was not about vaccinations. This was about lockdowns and masks. And this is because I know of Christian people who are defying the lockdown and mask laws because they're like, this is stupid. We shouldn't have to do this. This is an infringement on our liberty. Mm. And I'm saying, no, the Bible says if the government makes laws and it's not against your conscience, if it's not, if it's not violating somehow your you know, ability to serve God, That's then right. obey those laws. Okay, so that's uh, that's my preface. All right, so let me just go up to this one here. Where Christians feel very strongly in our beliefs, just as you stated. However, not everyone is one, and do you think we have the right to tell them what they should or what is the right thing to do on this very hot subject? Okay, here's what I've got the right to do as a Christian is to read the Bible and share what the Bible says with other Christians. Now, I understand that's not going to be relevant. If you're not a Christian this morning, that's, that's, that's fine. That's not relevant. I, I, I get that. But I do have the right to read and share what the Bible says, and the Bible says, obey the emperor, Mm. obey the government, Mm. provided it does not violate something that the Bible says. Mm -hmm. And what does the Bible say about lockdowns? Um, Well, actually, the Bible supports lockdowns. That's a biblical concept. That's where they got the idea from. It's in the book of Leviticus. That's one of the oldest books in the Bible. Mm. Okay. Uh, Where are we up to? While I agree with much of what you said, not everyone believes what we believe. I absolutely, I'm I'm talking to Christians. When I read the Bible, I'm talking to Christians. <coughs> Excuse me. The millions of people who have marched worldwide against it have the right to civil disobedience if they believe that is what is the right thing to do. Uh, the world went to war to stop the evils being twice to stop evils being done. These people are educated enough to actually research both sides of the issue, and obviously they don't believe what they are being told. Uh, if the vaccine will kill you as they believe, would that not be mass murder? Absolutely. Mm. Once again, I wasn't talking about vaccines. Mm. I was talking about lockdowns and masks. Mm. Okay. So, you know, when it comes to vaccines, well, that's a discussion, you know, that does take another level because I understand that in that you are permanently in permanently changing your body. That's right. And so... While, you know, the Bible does not mention vaccines, there is no prohibition against vaccines, I can understand how people are going to have, you know, and, and I fully support 
and I've said this over and over again, I can understand how people can have a moral objection to it, even though I don't. I'm not anti-vax myself. And when it comes to vaccinations, I'm very, very strongly and vehemently pro-choice. People should have the choice here. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about lockdowns and masks Mm. and people breaking those, those, those rules. Uh, like what happened to the Jews in World War II. This is one of the main issues that many are marching. Well, no, the marches that have been happening over this last weekend and, you know, several weekends before were all anti-lockdown marches. Mm. There wasn't, you know, I didn't see any vaccine banners. I saw all anti-lockdown. Yeah. Uh, Freedom of speech. Whoops. Freedom of speech and marching is constitutional. Actually, in Australia, it's not. Ooh. <laughs> it's not. It's not. In America, it is. Mm. Absolutely. But in Australia, it's not. Um, it's part of our culture, definitely, but it's mm. not constitutional. Uh, I could go on for hours. We don't have the right to stop others using their freedoms while we have some left. We might not agree, but that's another story altogether. Okay, so there's that one. Uh, let me see what else have we got here. Da, 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 da. All right. This one, Lawson, was in relationship to your story about OnlyFans. Oh, yeah, cool. And this is Freco. He says, Satan has never had it easier. He can come into anyone's home anytime, he, anytime thanks to the Satan's net. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's an interesting way to put it. The, the net, yes, Satan's net, the Satan's net. Um, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a fact right there, and that's mm. one of the challenges that we face in our world today, particularly when it comes to raising children. Mm. Uh, because, you know, this is, might be something that we as adults have the victory over, or maybe we don't. Mm. But uh, we've, certainly got a, um, we've certainly got some issues with raising children. Okay, uh, next one here. This one's from Clinton. What? We, what do we do about going out and taking the gospel to the ends of the earth? Is being locked down a violation of God's law? This is a very good point there, Clinton, and I'm glad you raised that. And this is one of the things that I've found is that, you know, when lockdown first came through, I thought, wow, this is going to be a major restriction on my God-given call to share the gospel with other people. And as Christians... We have a requirement to share the gospel with other people. Mm. And if we're not involved in it, if we're not actively involved in that, then we are not living a Christian experience. Mm. It's that simple. And so when lockdown first started, that was a question that I asked. But what I found is that the ability to share Jesus and to share the gospel message during lockdown, for me, has increased dramatically. Wow. And one of the reasons that it has increased so dramatically is because it's so much easier to talk to people about the Bible and about Bible prophecy and about what is happening in our world right now, easier than ever before. People are more open than they have ever been before. And on top of that, our means of communication are so much over and above anything that has ever happened before. I mean, we have so many different forms of digital communication. If you are letting lockdown stop you from communicating to the gospel, then that is a major, major problem for you 
not for lockdowns. Mm. I, I I can sympathize with this text message and I can I can understand where they're coming from though because like for me, you know, I work for a church on the university campus. This yes. is our hub of ministry. Currently, no one is there. Or well, you know, you're either if you live in the residency, you're all stuck in a building together, like no one is traveling around the campus, not allowed to get onto the campus. And, um, you know, that is a bit of an issue. But at the same time, you know, we found means of being able to um, send out online surveys, do um, legal LGA exercise that has also included letterboxing as well. You know, just like we've, we've dr- like been able to distribute uh, boxes of flyers to different people's houses and they've been able to, you know, go for, an, go for a walk in their Absolutely. LGA and be able to drop them off into people's letterboxes. You can't do much else. Right now, except for as far as exercise goes, for getting outside of your property goes. Yeah. So when you do your exercise, go for a walk and do some letterboxing, see some literature. And praise the Lord, we've had responses to that. But again, I can sympathize with this text messages because, yes, every we're coming to a lot of roadblocks because of lockdown. But, you know, God is still blessing nonetheless. Yes, absolutely. All right. Um, and, and this is the other thing that I found with sharing the gospel is that it has given me opportunities to share the gospel and experiences in sharing the gospel and training in sharing the gospel that I would never have had otherwise because the end.digital digital would not exist wow except mm. for lockdowns mm. you know and that and that thing you know every time we do one of those series we have like a hundred thousand people watch those presentations mm. would never have done that if it wasn't for lockdowns and so I I kind of thank God for you know how lockdowns have increased my opportunity to share Jesus with others and rather than decrease them. Mm. Yeah, we've got so many uh so many text messages here. We're going to we're going to continue this discussion because I think it's an important one as Christians that we need to have. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so I had a bit of a talk, a bit of a, a talk there about uh the Sabbath and worshiping on Sabbath. Uh, and so forth, and restrictions of liberty of worship on Sabbath, which are not happening at this particular point. Praise God. But uh, David wanted to text in and say, we worship on Sabbath to honour God. Are they going to try and arrest God for us obeying him? Interesting point right there. I had never thought about it like that before. Now, this one coming here through was, uh, oh, this one's from Braden. That was an interesting perspective from Lyle regarding following the laws of the land and agreed that we that we too often cover prideful disobedience with claiming it goes against the Bible when it really doesn't. Mm. Masks and lockdown laws don't go against the Bible. They go with the Bible. Yeah. Uh, The Bible invented those kinds of ideas. We certainly uh, do need to be very careful with our influence, can either turn others toward God or away from him. Okay, so let's think about this for a moment. My neighbor right now, both of them, uh, husband and wife team, they both work in hospitality. They're both out of work. Mm. And uh, they're suffering, you know, financial hardship and difficulties. What's my, as a result of that, what's my influence going to be like in witnessing to them if I continually and flagrantly break lockdown rules? Mm. And then I try and tell them about Jesus. Yeah, well. Seriously? What are they going to look at my Christianity as being like if I'm out there breaking all the rules and as a result of that they're out of work and they are suffering and they're trying to make ends meet and they're like, oh, let me tell you about Jesus. Mm. 
You know, they're not going to want to know about Jesus. Not if that's how I'm living my life. Very good point there, Braden. We mm. do it. We we uh, you know. There's so many Oof. different applications of that, even even outside of lockdown, though. Like all just just being an irresponsible person and da 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 da. But we definitely you know have a real express example before us at the moment. Yes. Okay, what do you mean by enforced vaccination? Though New South Wales government restrictions has advised workplaces that they are to implement rapid testing or employees must be vaccinated to work if they are in a lockdown LGA and work outside of the LGA. My husband has been impacted by this. Yes, and I was talking to a good friend of mine who is one of the, in one of the hottest of the hot spots mm. uh, in Sydney, and, uh, you know, he has to, to be able to go to work. He has to be tested three times a week. Mm. It's not stopping him from going, going to work, That's but he's intense. getting his brain tickled three times a week, which is not much fun. Oof. And so, yeah, these laws are there, and there are environments in which their you know private companies and even government organizations and so forth are becoming pretty heavy on enforcing vaccinations but it's a little bit like uh the vaccine passport that has been around for about a hundred years and still is there and which i have uh from when i've traveled overseas in the past and uh, the vaccine passport gave me full and you know i had full and complete liberty to travel to brazil without a yellow fever vaccine Mm. I just didn't have liberty to come home. Yeah, that's right. I had full and free liberty to stay in Australia, you know, without a yellow fever vaccine. It's just if you're going to go to Brazil, if you're going to go to Ethiopia, you have to have a vaccine passport. Mm. Vaccine passports, people are like, oh, this is a new thing. It's not new. Get it's, over it. It's existed for, for so long. 100 years. Okay, can I, can I just share really quickly? This is my problem. I would love a vaccine passport. I would love to leave my house. Like, I'm just going to be honest. Because I, okay. okay. You're too young, you can't get one. Oh, but, but this is the, this is the point. Is like, could, you, you only want one so you can go and get your motorbike license. This is literally. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know it sounds terrible. I don't want to see like some kind of. Okay, all right, we need to get but, back to it. We've got, we got, we got a lot like, of stuff here. Um, just pick something. All right, so. Vaccines have not been enforced yet. It may mean that you have to choose a different line of work. Mm. May 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 make life hard for you, but there's no enforcement of it at this point. And when there is, if there is, we will talk about it then. We've been insured by the federal government that it won't be. Mm. Um, then we've got another one here. Actually, the jab has been mandated for anyone who crosses the Queensland-New South Wales border. That's Any right. vaccine mandate is wrong on all accounts. And... Uh, I have to catch up on the news. I'm not questioning that one. I have to catch up on the news on that one and look at it. And, yes, I do believe in uh, freedom of choice on this particular issue. Uh, that's a tough one. That's definitely a tough one and something that I am opposed to because it really is starting to to go beyond freedom of choice right there. Uh, but I don't have a biblical mandate by which I can jump up and down and say, you know, you can't be doing this. Mm. Um, it's just something that I personally very much disagree with. All right. Let me see here. Um, okay, so this person brings out the point. This is a very good point right here. These people are not necessarily anti-vax. They're against what is put in the vax. And I think that's a very valid point as well. Mm. Um, and I think that's something where we all need to be educated on, educate ourselves on what is going in the vax, definitely. Uh, because, yep, there's there's some people who are anti-vax, there's some people who are vax-hesitant, and then there are some people who are pro-vax, and I get the fact that you've got three different categories right there. Mm. Um, 
while my and this then it goes on while my own ministry has been affected as I can't go letterboxing as I have done all our surrounding areas, we still have our internet ministry going out worldwide. Praise God. Yeah. There, you go for it. See there it is right there. That's fantastic. Uh, in the history of the in the history of the world, only the sick people are supposed to be put in isolation as per what the Bible teaches. Now the whole world is considered sick. Come on, please. Okay, the principle here is the principle of quarantine. And yes, that is what the Bible teaches. Uh, and the challenge that we have right now is knowing who is sick and knowing who is not. And That's if we right. had, you know, if it was like leprosy where it was obvious, then we would only quarantine sick people. Mm. But that's why we have tests and that's why we have, you know, two-week quarantine and so forth so that we know that you're not sick and then you can come out of quarantine. Um, and that's why we have lockdown is so that we can know you're not sick and then you come out of lockdown. So, yeah, I get where you're coming from yeah. there, but I think that's probably mm, stretching it a little bit. But anyway. All right. Keep sending your messages through. We need to get to our Bible study. This is – oh, we've got more coming through here. What have I got here? No, Shell? Producer Shell, what have we got? Oh, that's right, Bruce's one that came through on a different uh, a different line. This oh, this one's epic. It is in a. It is in this is this is the text message of the day right here. Okay. It is in crisis that character is revealed. Mm-hmm. God says we are the Laodicean church of the last days. One of that church's characteristics is self-righteousness. Unfortunately, during this pandemic, many Christians are revealing that self-righteousness. Wow. Burn. (laughs) Go, Bruce. Yeah, wow. Um, Yeah. So um, that that just summarizes it, right? I I, I don't – there's your mic drop. I don't need to say any more. Self-righteousness. Arrogance, where we can go and endangers endanger another person's livelihood and persecute them financially just because we think that we are so righteous that we know everything there is to know about COVID and lockdowns and masks, etc. But it takes it takes an even further step than that. Um, I think you know people like I know that there's even tension just within churches at the moment as to, you know, people who are, who agree with the lockdowns, people who disagree with the lockdowns, people who agree with the vaccination, people who disagree with the vaccination. And that's creating these, these spiritual, somehow it's creating spiritual tension and, and, and strife and division amongst people because yes. of self-righteousness. Look at the fact that we are still talking about this, mm. this far into the Bible study because... This is a hot topic right here. It is. And sorry, I butted in. No, but but it, it, it goes even so much further, like, you know, in a spiritual context because, you know, the 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 place where Bruce is putting it is a spiritual context. And, and it's like, yes, it's affecting the, the world as a whole, including the secular world, it's, but it's also affecting even within our churches and the, the differing opinions and, you know, a division that's being caused by, oh, no, this person's wrong. And, and it's like, oh, this person's right or the church is wrong or the organization's right or wrong or the government's right or wrong. And it's ultimately like you're causing division, which is the very thing, like, you know, particularly amongst the church, when we're talking about things that don't have deep 
theological basis. You know, we're not we're not talking about the Protestant reformation right here. We're talking about opinion on vaccines and lockdown. And then it's like people using that as, as a platform of self-righteousness to then divide the church. And I'm like, or whatever it may be, any, any different community. And it's, it's really sad to see. I, I've just personally seen that happen. And I know that it's going on in, in other spheres. And that's what hurts is when I see, ch- because it, it's directly in violation of the, of the charge that, that Paul gives us in First Corinthians, saying that sectarianism is sin, like that this is these divisions are wrong, um, and and it, and it just hurts to see, like, whoa, you're going to throw away the fellowship that Paul tells us not to forsake over an issue of vaccine and lockdown. Like, oh, man, come on. Okay, so this guy says, uh, he, and, and this is interesting because I had a conversation about. Masks and lockdowns. Mm. And it's kind of everybody's taking it down the direction of vaccines. But anyway, yeah, I guess that no, was probably man, inevitable. Enough. It was, that's fair, fair enough. enough. That's fair enough. Fair, fair enough, enough. dude. All right, so Sky says this. Uh, the jab is still in its testing phase and Christians are encouraged to look into our freedom of rights. I am waiting for my work to say no jab, no job. No one will take up indemnity to offer workers or the Australian public coverage if something goes wrong. Yeah. That was where that famous statement by uh, Bolsonaro came out, where he said nobody's going to nobody's going to uh, try and fix it if I get turned into a crocodile. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Okay, so here's an interesting thought. One of the text messages that came through pointed out that the Bible teaches that sick people are placed in quarantine, not healthy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to point out that the Bible speaks about both kinds of quarantine. Oh, so the Bible definitely speaks about placing healthy people in quarantine. Mm. And I'll give you an example of it. You'll find it in uh, Leviticus chapter 12, verse uh, 1 to 5, uh, maybe 1, yeah, 1 to 5. And basically it works like this. When a woman gave birth to a child, if it was a male child, uh, she would be in quarantine for a period of 33 days. Mm. If it was a female child, she would be in quarantine for 66 days. And this is the healthy mother and the healthy child. Mm. Now, you think about it for a moment and you say, wait a minute, why did the Bible do that, you know, back in the day? Okay, so they were living in third world conditions. Um, This was not, you know, a a hugely hygienic environment that they had. And what's the first thing that happens when a new baby is born? Well, everybody comes in to the mother and the child. Everybody picks up the baby and coos over the baby and breathes in its face and touches the baby And the uh, child mortality rate in third world countries is as much as 80%. And a lot of that is because of the amount of disease that is transferred to newborn babies when the family gathers around. Mm. And so the mother and the baby are placed in isolation for these periods of time. Now, people would say, why Why 33 days? Why 66 days? Well, the reason is because when a newborn baby is born, it doesn't actually have an immune system. It, it relies off colostrum. It re- relies off immune, immunity that it gets through the breast milk. And it takes a while for its own immune system to kick in. With boys, about 30 days, and with girls, about 60 days. Mm. And so basically what God did was he threw mother and and child into quarantine until the baby actually had an immune system of its own. Wow. A remarkable system. Mm. And so there you've got quarantine of the healthy. Wow. Hey, there you go. Biblical principle right there. (laughs) Okay, let's get to our Bible study. I think we have come to the end of our messages this morning. We love it when you guys engage. 
Um, if you, you've got more coming to I just want my Bible back. Oh, you want your Bible back? <laughs> I stole Lawson's Bible. <laughs> That's right. I was reading it from the from the KJV and the NLT, making a quick comparison between the two, making sure the NLT was on track. Got to keep that thing under close inspection. <laughs> um, it passed this time round, so we're happy with that. Mm. Um, nah, we're all good. Uh, let's go to our Bible study, and we're going to Genesis chapter one. And oh. there's a bit of a. Oh. Genesis chapter one is one of those books of the Bible that you almost kind of feel like it was written by a uh, a Sil- Hillsong uh, musician. Why is that? Because it has this repetitive line in it all the way through. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. And it was good. And it was good. <laughs> and it was good. And it was good. <laughs> this sounds like Hillsong, right? And it was good. Let's sing it again. And it was good. <laughs> Uh, or any modern work. Well, actually, there's a bunch of hymns that are pretty repetitive as well. Dude, I was about to just <laughs> yeah. say that, like 100%. Dude. <laughs> I'm just giving these guys a hard time this morning. It's all good. Okay, Genesis chapter 1. Uh, you work your way down through it. You've got the creation of the world. The, mm. All the way through the Bible is saying, you know, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. And then you come down to, let's read verse... Uh, 26 and 27. 26 and 27. <laughs> uh, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. All right. And now go down to verse 31. And verse 31, the Bible says, then God looked over all he had made and he saw that it was... Very good. Okay, let's stop there right for a moment. All right, when God finishes and he's made human beings, it is very, very good. good. Mm-hmm. Not just good, it is now very good. All right, so there's a couple of points that we need to uh, bring out here. Uh, first of all, we need to make a bit of a list because when it comes to the creation of humanity, the description is very, very different. Mm. You know, Maybe we should compare it. Let's go back to animals. Because they're the closest thing to us as humans. Sure. Verse 24, how did God create the animals? In verse 24, it says, Then God said, Let the produce of every sort of animal, each producing offspring of the same kind, livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground, and wild animals. And that happened. God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock, and small animals, and each able to produce offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. Okay, so how did he do that? He just like... Said it. He just said it. Mm. Let there be. Mm. That's how God does it. Let there be. What's different when you go to verse 26? When you go to verse 26, it says, um, let us make human beings in our own image to be like us. Did he do anything like this previous to this point? No. No. So human beings are made in the image of God. Then go to verse... 29. What does God do here in verse 29 that he hasn't done with any of his other creation? He says, uh, look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit of the trees for you for fruit. So so he, ha- he like, prescribes them food. Yes, there's something else there as well. Because uh, he hasn't prescribed anybody else food. Mm. They're just like, they come into existence, they start eating grass. Yep, okay, you're a cow, keep going. You're G. <laughs> yeah, 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 all good. Um. Yeah, so he, well, he says, like, look, look around, all I've given you. He has a conversation. Mm. 
Did he have a conversation with the animals when he made the animals? <laughs> no. Let there be cows. There was cows. <laughs> They're eating grass, right? He doesn't yeah. stop and have a conversation with the cow. He creates humans in his own image. Then he has a conversation with those humans. Mm. And then he says, I've made all this great stuff for you. Look, there is uh, grains, there is fruits, there is nuts, there is all these things. He points it out for them. Go and enjoy it. Mm. And then he says that's very, very good. Okay, let's go down to chapter 2 and verse 7. Chapter 2 and verse 7, the Bible says, And then God formed man out of the ground from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and man became a living person. Okay, and this is interesting because uh, if you look at every other creation account by every you know different uh, non-Christian religion, you've got the creation of the sun, moon, and stars, and they are people. Hmm. You've got creation of animals and you know, or trees, and often they can be people as well. Mm. But in this one, God's like, oh, I spoke this, I spoke that, I spoke this, I spoke that. But then let's create man in our image, humanity. Let's have a conversation with them. Let's show them a whole bunch of stuff that I've created. And then you've got the second creation account, which is a, which is a repeat in more detail. And this time God gets his hands dirty and he gets down in the mud and he forms man, hasn't mm. done this before, and then he performs an operation on the man, and from that operation he takes out a rib and creates a woman. All the way through here we have a very, very different perspective of humanity. Mm. And God is revealing to us that uh, we are not like the rest of creation. That's right. We are made That's in right. his image we are made for the purpose of communion with him. We are made for the purpose of having a relationship with God. The first thing God does is have a conversation. He creates man, walks up, starts a conversation. Hasn't done that with a monkey, hasn't done that with a cow, hasn't done that with a bug. But he does it with humans because that is why we exist. We exist to be the friend of God. So this is, you know, I mean, you think about this: how radically different the biblical creation story is from what, uh, from what humanity, without the guidance of God's word, teaches. You know, you look at all those other creation stories and look at how different they are. Okay, so what should this tell us about how much we need to depend on God's word for our understanding of truth? Hmm. What's your thoughts on that? How much do we need to depend on? Yeah. Oh, dude immensely as we were talking about oh we had this conversation with Sven just earlier about knowing things yes and how do we know we know that we know things things, but we don't know how we know things yeah that's right but if we have some kind of we know how we learn things but we don't know how we know things Mm. so I, I, I see it as like if there's some kind of source that predates us that can give us some kind of reference or guide well then that's exactly what we need you know we, we can't just be born in as a blank slate and learn from there. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Okay. Then when you go, when you look, let's look at this a little bit further because uh, God creates Adam and then he waits before he creates Eve. Mm. Hasn't done that with any other of the creatures. He spoke and they were both there and it's like, go reproduce and fill the earth, populate it. But with Adam and Eve, he waits because he's making a point. He's communicating something. And then he creates Eve. 
because he wants us to understand the importance of relationship that we wouldn't have. Adam would not have had that without going through that particular experience right there. Human beings are created for social connectedness. We are social creatures to be in a relationship with each other, not just to be in each other's company, but to be in an actual living relationship with each other and a relationship with God. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Right now it is time for... Question of the Day. All right, uh, so we're doing a bit of ser- a bit of a series at the moment for questions series of, of questions, the day. Yeah, somebody yeah. sent somebody sent through a whole slew for us. So, well, essentially, last time, well, on Friday, we answered the question: Does Acts ten say you can eat unclean meat? Now we're doing Romans chapter fourteen, verse two and three. Does that say you can eat unclean meat? Okay, no. Romans chapter 14 has got nothing to do with uh, this particular issue. Let's read what the Bible says. Uh, Starting in verse 1, the Bible says, uh, Him that is weak in faith receive you, but not to doubtful disputations. For one believes that he may eat all things, another who is weak eats herbs. Uh, Let not him that eats despise him that does not eat, and let not him which eats not judge him that eats, for God has received him. Uh, who are you that judges another man's servant? Uh, to his own master he stands or falls. Yes, he shall be held up, for God is able to make him stand. Once you notice here that the issue has nothing to do with clean and unclean food. The issue here is all about vegetarianism. Now, clean and unclean food, the issue of clean and unclean food is a very, very different from the issue of vegetarianism. Clean and unclean food is... Uh, looking at, say, Leviticus chapter 11 and looking at those foods that God has said, these are really unhealthy foods for you to eat, so don't eat them. Mm. Uh, and listed there, the Bible says, you know, don't eat dead camels, don't eat dead pigs, don't eat dead uh, frogs or snails or um, rabbits or crows, you know, all those kind of things. whole bunch of, bunch of bugs, don't eat those bugs. Eat grasshoppers if you want to eat bugs. Don't eat shellfish, you know, but do eat, you know, a whole bunch of other things. And so the issue in Leviticus chapter 11 where the Bible uh, specifies clean and unclean food is not specifying vegetarianism. The passage that we have under question here is the passage about, in, in relationship to, uh, is, is, is talking about, you know, people who choose to become a vegetarian. Now, this passage is paralleled in three different places in the Bible, and by looking at those three different places, we can actually find out the context of what Paul is speaking about right here. So your parallel passages is uh, uh, Romans chapter 14, verse 1, or it kind of really goes down through until like verse 15 or 14 or 16, somewhere here, um, or even further, maybe 18. And uh, then you have 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and you have Colossians chapter 2. These three passages all deal with the same three things. Number one, the weaker brother, the brother who is weak in faith. Number two, foods. And number three, holy days. And so if you understand who the weaker brother is, that's going to then give you the context as to why the weaker brother chooses to be, in this case, a vegetarian, 
In the Bible, there's no command anywhere in the Bible to be a vegetarian. Now, I'm a vegetarian, you're a vegetarian. We highly recommend a vegetarian lifestyle. The Bible implies a vegetarian lifestyle is the best. Clearly, we will all be vegetarians in heaven. Clearly, they were vegetarians in the Garden of Eden. We could go on and have you know a great Bible study. But the Bible nowhere demands that we be a vegetarian. Jesus was not a vegetarian. Even in his glorified body, he was not a vegetarian. So the Bible doesn't demand that. Certainly there is a recommendation and an implication there. Now, if you go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 8, and I'd encourage you all to read this chapter here, you'll find out who the weaker brother is. The weaker brother is somebody who's been converted from paganism. And the issue, as far as food goes, is over food offered to idols. And so the weaker brother doesn't like to eat food offered to idols because this was a practice, or meat, I should say, offered to idols. This was a practice that he used to do back in the day when he was a pagan, and this was his part of his pagan worship, and he doesn't want to have anything to do with his pagan worship anymore. And so he's like, I'm not going to eat meat offered to idols. Okay, how am I going to avoid meat that is offered to idols? Well, then, uh, just in case some of it slips through, I'll become a vegetarian. Mm. That way I'm safe. I'm not going to ever participate in any meat that was ever offered to idols. And this is why Paul says, okay, the guy's a bit weak in faith. He needs to grow in his faith and he needs to recognize that, you know, it's not about food. It is, um, it, it's just simply food. And, you know, the paganism is not, a, is not connected to the food. And so when we look at this particular passage here in Romans chapter 14, we find that, no, this is not an issue over clean and unclean meat. This is over an issue between meat and vegetarianism. And uh, the issue of clean and unclean meat is nowhere questioned in the passage. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.